praying sometimes can be really intimidating. I don't know about you. It's like, it's a very, it can be, it can actually be incredibly awkward. Have you guys ever had awkward prayer times? I think Pastor Brent might have talked about this last week. And it's just, it's like, it's like there's so much to learn about prayer. Like, do you, do you, what do you say? And if it's just you're praying to God, then why do we need to say it out loud in front of other people? And how does this work? And, 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 and there can be so many awkward prayers. Here's the beautiful part. Jesus loves it all. <laughs> and he's, he's willing for you to enter into that awkward space. And, and I just don't want you to be hesitant. And so I'm gonna talk about that a little bit today. But there's a scene in the movie, it's one of my favorite scenes of all times in all movies, and it's a prayer. Check it out. Greg, would you like to say grace? Oh, uh, well, uh, Greg's Jewish dad, you know. You're telling me the Jews don't pray, honey? Unless you have some objection. No, 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 I'd love to. Pam, come on, it's not like I'm a rabbi or something. I said grace in many a dinner table. Oh, dear God, thank you. You are such a good God to us, a a kind and gentle and accommodating God. And we thank you, oh, sweet, sweet Lord of hosts, for the smorgasbord you have so aptly lain at our table this day and each day by day day by day by day oh dear lord three things we pray to love thee more dearly to see thee more clearly to follow thee more nearly day by day by day. Amen. Amen. Oh, Greg, that was lovely. Thank you, Greg. That was interesting, too. (laughs) (laughs) It just kills me. Uh, Like, what I love most about that scene is the other people's response. I thought the prayer was not bad. He's quoting a song, by the way, for any of you under 30. (laughs) For many of us, the the challenge of prayer um, can be difficult for us to to navigate through, but I want us to grow in prayer as a church. I want us to grow personally in prayer. And I'm reminded of the the three principles that, that Pete Gregg gives us in his awesome book, which I highly recommend, How to Pray, A Simple Guide for Normal People. He says, do three things, and here they are. He says, keep it simple, keep it real, and keep it up. You don't have to say anything, any any special words. There's no words to memorize. You don't have to sound too holy. You don't have to say Lord of hosts. But just keep it simple. Like, it's it's kind of more like breathing. Like, you're you're just saying something simple. God, you, 
You never need to fake your way through it. You never need to perform for other people. You just need to be honest to your core and share the most difficult emotions and thoughts. Keep it real. Keep it honest, keep it real. And we shouldn't just do it when we're in trouble, people. We shouldn't just do it when we're in trouble. We should, we should make a practice of it, make a life with God out of it. It's like breathing, it's like a relationship where you're sharing your greatest joys, your average days, and your deepest sorrows. You gotta keep it up, you gotta keep going through all that. But to do these three things, I think we need to keep growing in our understanding as a church and as a body of believers, and I want you to go deeper. I love what Oswald Chambers said about prayer. He said, prayer does not fit us for the greater work. Prayer is the greater work. Francis de Sales said, every Christian needs a half hour of prayer each day, except when he's busy, then he needs an hour. Billy Graham said, prayer is the rope that pulls God and man together, but it doesn't pull God down to us, it pulls us up to him. As we move through this 40 days to Easter, it's a journey of prayer and consecration, and I want us to be mobilized in a way that maybe we haven't been. I want us to collaborate with God in a way that is new for you. I want you to join us for the prayer times that we're having. Every morning at 6.30, we are joining together as an entire church. It's the first time we've ever done it since we started campuses and communities. We, we are joining together in a uh, Zoom prayer room. And we're, it's really been good. It's really been amazing to see that the presence of the Lord can come on Zoom. Shocking, I know. But I want, you to, I want you to join us. I want you to fast something. I want you to give something up as a reminder that Jesus gave up his rightful status as God and came to this earth and came to show, him, show himself to us and reveal who God is. And as we give up our way or give up something in our life, something, it reminds us, when every time you have a hunger pain, every time that you reach for your phone and try to go to that scrolling thing, you remind yourself and you say, God, I am more interested in you and what you have to say than anything else. I'm more interested in food that you will feed me, nourishment from my time with you than I am nourishment from physical food. And that's the prayer. And then I want you to go pray, prayer walk your neighborhood. Don't just keep prayer to yourself. Prayer has this distinction that it deals with others, not just yourself. It leads you to, to share with others. It leads you to be concerned about others. You start to get God's heart in you and you can't help it, but go to your neighbors, pray over them, walk the streets, ask God to speak through you. And so I think there's some ways that we need to learn how to pray. And today I wanna talk to you about how you can pray with more courage, more confidence, and more faith. Because the, that way of praying is simply to pray 
the scriptures. You pray the scriptures. Look at how the apostle Paul instructed his young son in the faith, Timothy. 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17 says, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. I love how Eugene Peterson translates it in the Message Bible. Look at this. He says, there's nothing like the written word of God for showing you the way to salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Every part of scripture is God-breathed and useful one way or another, showing us truth, exposing our rebellion, correcting our mistakes, training us to live God's way. Though the word, oh sorry, through the word, we are put together and shaped, shaped up for the tasks God has for us. Look everybody, scripture is deep. It is rich. It is a textured story a tapestry of God's interaction with humanity, with all of humanity throughout history. And it also has incredibly personal and powerful influence on each of us, showing us truth, exposing our rebellion, correcting the failures and mistakes we make, but teaching us then to live God's way. That's why it's so trustworthy. That's what the Apostle Paul says in Romans 15, four. He said, for everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have, what does it say? Hope. Thank you, God, for hope. Now, Jesus himself is our best example of internalizing the scriptures. And I want you to read with me Matthew 4, 1 through 11. It's a bit of a long passage, but read it with me. It says, then Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Yeah. Jesus, the tempter came to him and said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest part of the point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Just a little, little note here, a little note to the side. The scriptures can be twisted by the devil. So you gotta understand that the scriptures, God gave you the Holy Spirit. God gave you the spirit to reveal the scriptures. God gave you the community of people to share the scriptures with, to read together. And he gives us, now of course in our day, we have so many tools, so many options for resources to help us read the scripture well. Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and the splendor and said, all this I will give you. He said, if you will bow down and worship me. And Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and the angels came and attended him. I want you to notice that Jesus fought off every attack 
on his identity from the devil. He, he had command of the scriptures. They were in him. He was ready to face temptation. In fact, he had just come from one of the most powerful spiritual encounters he'd ever had. And I want you to think about this for a second. He had just been baptized, water baptized. Jesus comes to John and John says, you want me to baptize you or you should baptize me? Jesus says, no, we would do this so that all scripture can be fulfilled. And then G- John baptizes Jesus and what happens? The sky opens up, the Holy Spirit descends like a dove, the scripture says, and this voice comes out and said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased saying exactly who Jesus is, pronouncing his identity. This is my son. I love him. I'm pleased with him. He hasn't even done anything yet. Little reminder. It's not about your performance. But Jesus then goes into the wilderness and gets tempted by the devil. I want you to know, how did Jesus respond to the devil? By going back to his power encounter? He had to have a practice. The power is good. It is necessary. You and I have to have power encounters with Jesus. This is is what he wants. He wants us to see him, to know him, to experience him. But we also have to have practices that will keep us rooted in faith, in courage, in confidence. Because you can't rely on yesterday's power encounter. You're gonna have to have new ones. But you're also going to have to practice this. Jesus internalized the scripture. It was part of who he was. He he had memorized them. He had meditated on them. They were in his soul. The scriptures, listen, he used the scriptures against the attack of the enemy because the, the scriptures have their own authority. Everybody say authority. Authority. We don't, in American culture, we don't do a very good job of respecting authority. So we are hesitant to embrace it. But if you're going to defeat the enemy and his lies in your life, you're going to have to stand in authority. And that authority begins with the scriptures. You gotta know the scriptures. You gotta have the words of the author. Everybody say author. The author wrote the words. The Holy Spirit wrote these words, and you have to have them in your soul if you're going to fend off the lies of the enemy. We must read the Bible prayerfully and learn how to pray scripturally. You with me? And consistency is key. Consistency is the way we do it. You gotta, you gotta do it consistently. It's like learning how to play the piano. How many people have piano lessons? Did you have piano lessons? Yeah. So nobody plays the piano anymore. What's up with that? You take piano lessons, you're like, the dots and sticks. I don't know what they mean. But at some point in the, in the process, you start to realize, oh, oh, here it is. Muscle memory takes over. Oh, I know where the keys are. I know what that says. I know how to play it on the... And then suddenly revelation comes in playing the piano. The same thing happens in your spiritual life. Reading together is essential. The Bible was intended to be read as a community, not in isolation. That's why in every small group, we're reading the scriptures together in our message groups. 
because it's a practice, it's a habit that's good for us. And it's really good for increasing our, and I want you to get this, increasing our vocabulary for prayer. The problem with most of us, we don't speak the language of prayer. We don't do it enough to develop a vocabulary that's rich and deep and meaningful. And so we've got to increase our vocabulary. Um, There's a thing that happens with a lot of people and we just kind of recite kind of the same phrases over and over again. And I don't want to be judgmental about anybody. Uh, I have had my own uh, growth process with prayer. And one of the things that is so common for all of us, including me, is something that I like to call Jesus I just. Jesus I just. Jesus, I just, you know, is it, is it, is it, is it, you're like, what are you talking about? No, it's it, Jesus, I just pray for the blah, 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 blah. Jesus, I just, Jesus, I just, Jesus, I just, I think, let's, 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 let's give that one a rest for a while. Can I show me? Let's just, let's give that one a rest and instead say, Jesus, I thank you. Jesus, I welcome you. Jesus, I'm grateful for what you're doing. Jesus, I believe. How about Jesus, I trust you? How about Jesus, I'm going to pray for so-and-so? Jesus, I lift up. See, Jesus, I just kind of sounds like your hands in your pockets and you're not sure if he's really listening and you're just kind of happening on the prayer. No, you have authority. You have authority. The, The word has its own authority. And, and so there's things like this that happen to us, and I just, I, we have to grow in our vocabulary. We have to grow beyond the phrases we know. And the way to do that is dig de- deep down into the scriptures and get them into you and pray over them. Here's some Bible trivia for you. True or false, ready? The Bible is the most popular book ever written. True or false? It's true, you're right, good job. Number two, what year was the Bible translated into English? Oh, a little harder. A little harder, you know what it was? 1536. 1536, which was a big deal. A big, big deal, because it, <clears throat> you know, you don't realize it was only about 500 years ago. Who translated the Bible um, into English? William Tyndale. William Tyndale actually, who got it right? Who got it right? One person. Awesome. Now this was huge because, and the reason this was so big because it was translated for the masses, getting the Bible into the hands of the people, the common people. William Tyndall, now listen to this, William Tyndall was literally burned at the stake for his passion for God's word and for his passion to see God's people with the opportunity to read it for themselves. So the question here is how precious is the word of God to you? Do you treat it with respect? Do you embrace it as something that directs your life? There's three things I want you to remember about praying the scriptures. Here it is, number one. When you pray the scriptures, you agree with God. When I pray the scriptures, I agree with God. 
I agree with what he's already said. When we pray the scriptures, we're agreeing with what he's already said. Carefully reading and studying the Bible is important, and there's tons of resources. You can go to blueletterbible.com. You go to biblehub.com. You can look up. I mean, there's so many resources. The problem is not resources. The problem is our willingness to dig into it. The daily prayer read, the daily prayer reading in the Bible is so powerful because I think it, it's, it's significant and it starts to influence you. So much of prayer, now listen to me, so much of prayer is about collaboration rather than information. Say it with me. It's more about collaboration than information. We tend to pray like God doesn't know what we're ta- what's happening. God, like, I don't know if you're aware, but, uh, you know, I'm really having some trouble here at work. And <laughs> no, he knows. Amen. He knows. What's he, what he wants you to do is get beyond trying to give him information, and he wants to get into collaboration. And because, so the question is, in prayer, what is, what is he doing with you at work? What's going on there? How does, what's, what's happening? Why is that happening? That's a better question with God. Lord, what are you trying to do? What are you trying to help me see? What are you trying to grow in me? How, how do you want me to influence? What do you, like these are, these are the things we start to realize when, our, when we pray the scriptures and we grab a hold of these scriptures and we start to pray them. They're already in agreement with God. I love the longest psalm in the whole Bible, right? In the, in the, in, in the book of Psalms. It's the longest chapter in the whole Bible, and it's the longest one in Psalms. It's, it's Psalm 119, and it's all about the word of God. It's all about the law. So it, and, and it says here in Psalm 119, verse 89, your word, Lord, is eternal. It stands firm in the heavens. Your faithfulness continues through all generations. You established the earth, and it endures. Your laws endure to this day, for all things serve you. If your law had not been my delight, I would have perished in my affliction. I will never forget your precepts, for by them you have preserved my life. Save me, for I am yours. I have sought out your precepts. The wicked are waiting to destroy me, but I will ponder your statutes. To all perfection I see a limit, but your commands are boundless. David was in a way praying the scriptures. Psalm 119, 105, just a few verses later, says, your word is a lamp for my feet and a light for my paths. When you get the scriptures in you, you agree with God automatically. You pray the scriptures and you agree with what he's already done. Number two, everybody say number two. Number two, when I pray the scriptures, I breathe in God. I breathe him in. The verse we just read, look at it again. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, all scripture is God-breathed. Now listen, here's what happened. The scriptures are God-breathed, so he breathed them into the writers. Don't be distracted by the band. Look at me. Look up here. Look over here. God breathed it into the writers, and they wrote under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. But have you ever been reading along in a passage? And you're like, maybe it's a passage you've seen before, you've read it maybe, bunch of times and suddenly 
something jumps off the page at you, and you're like, oh, you've never seen it before. You know what that is? That is God breathing into you revelation about his word. And listen, the word is layered. It is textured. There is meaning for the original hearers, and then there is meaning for us today. There are foreshadowings in the scriptures of the Messiah that also were applicable to what was happening today. Their scripture is full of humans' experiences with God. And somebody in the scripture has gone through what you're going through now. You just need to be able to find it, read it, let it come alive in you when you're reading it. God, see the scripture is twice breathed on, twice breathed. Breathe once for the writers and breathe a second time into you. And that happens when we pray the scriptures. That happens when we, when we have our, 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 our Bible out and we're praying and we're, we're asking God to do something, but we find a scripture to hold on to. I love Jeremiah 15, 16. It says, when I discovered your words, I devoured them. I imbibed them. I took them into my life. They are my joy and my heart's delight, for I bear your name, O Lord God of heaven's armies. The scripture is something that must become part of us, and we have to pray it. As Jesus quoted, remember, man shall not live by bread alone, but by what? By every word that comes from the mouth of God, which leads us to our third point. When I pray the scriptures, I hear from God. When I pray the scriptures, I hear from God. When we internalize the scriptures through prayer, through meditation, through memorization, we begin to understand what God's voice sounds like. See, the word of God is the scripture. But something happens when we get familiar with his voice. We begin to hear his voice today, not just by the scriptures, but what he's speaking to us personally. Hebrews 4.12, I love this. Hebrews 4.12 is a famous passage. It's, it's one of the best descriptions in all the Bible. It says, for the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit and joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. When you pray the scriptures, the word of God is living and active and it cuts through all everything that's soulish and says what's spiritual. It divides, it cuts down to the very core of who you are and it judges your thoughts and attitudes. But not only that. See, most people when they read this, they think that what that passage says is because the English language is so limited I don't have time to go into all that, but they think this is actually about the scripture when this particular passage, I think can easily be interpreted as the message of God or Jesus himself. You know, Jesus is called the word of God in John one. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God, right? That's John describing Jesus. So there's a good case to be made even here that this is about God's voice speaking to us. 
It's not just about the scriptures. It's about God's voice coming into us and speaking. And when we, when we pray over the scriptures and when we read the scriptures daily, when we get the scriptures into us, we start to get used to what God's voice sounds like so we can hear him for ourselves. Are you with me? So we're gonna practice a little bit. We're just gonna worship for a bit. I want you to just stand up and prayer team, would you come forward? If you need prayer for anything, if something's going bad in your life and things are going wrong, I, I want you to take advantage of this time. This is not a time for us to sit and watch. This is a time for us to lean in. If you need to get down on your knees, I want you to get on your knees. If you want to go in the back of the room and pace because you pray better that way, great, all right? If you, but if you need prayer, do not neglect this moment. Oh, I don't need to go up there. I don't, that's what everybody thinks. Listen, you got something going on in your life? Come pray about it. The power of prayer and the authority of, your, of his word is on display right here. So don't hesitate. And then we're gonna practice this praying the scriptures and we'll lead you through it. But let's, let's get our hearts centered. Father, we just allow you to have your way. Jesus, we, we want your word in us. <laughs> We want your words to go deeper into our souls. We want to understand what you're saying and what you're doing. So Lord, we let you have your way here in this moment. Do what only you can do among us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Lord.